0: Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at On the Record, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. I am
1: on the line with the Joint Command Center in Louisiana. Um, I have a Lieutenant Commander uh, for the United States Navy, Jim Heft, on the line. He's serving as an online communications coordinator in Operation Deepwater Horizon Response. Um, Jim, thanks for taking the time to do this.
2: Eric, thank you for um, having me. Appreciate it.
1: Paint a picture for me of what's going on down there right now from a communication standpoint. Uh, not so much what's going on, you know, out in the Gulf, but what's going on at the command center amongst the communicators to tell people what's
2: going on. Sure. Um, well, for approximately 45 days, we've been obviously following this incident uh, in uh, <laughs> great, uh, with great concern. Um, uh, the reality is that this is a whole-of-government response. Uh, you have representatives from uh, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Agency, Department of Homeland Security, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, United States Coast Guard. Um, several several agencies uh, are involved in tracking and monitoring exactly what's going on with this uh, this national crisis. Um, and so what we as communicators are trying to do, and myself in particular as the online communicator, is to take the most uh, up-to-date information that we have at a given time and uh, in a very credible and transparent way get that information out to the general public.
1: Talk to me about the process for approval. With so many... Uh, you know, cooks in 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 the kitchen. How do you decide when something's approved?
2: Well, uh, that's why it's coordinated through the national incident commander. Um, that's Admiral Allen, uh, as well as the Department of Homeland Security. Clearly, the White House um, is involved in this, and the executive branch at large. So, uh, we, we do have a process uh, for getting information out there. Um, but the bottom line is that. Uh, you know, as soon as we know what is happening, happening operationally, um, a lot of the approval, believe it or not, is at the lowest level. So uh, there is information that, as I get it, uh, as the online communications coordinator, I will put out on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and SMS text alerts.
1: So, so then, I, do you basically have one point of contact who says to you? Uh, Lieutenant Commander, okay, run with this, or are you like in a group of people and you're all deciding together? Walk us through the actual mechanics of deciding when something's going to be released.
2: Sure. Um, Well, what we have is uh, we, we fall under the National Response Framework and uh, there is a chain of command that's associated with that. Um, I personally am in the External Affairs Branch, and the External Affairs Branch uh, has a liaison um, through the Department of Homeland Security. And dependent upon what that particular issue is uh, or what we're particularly trying to say, that information will get approved by DHS or it will be approved by uh, uh, the uh, specific agency that's involved, Um, And we will put that information out there uh, as soon as possible.
1: Now, um, tell us about the site that you've built. Um, You know, how did you build it? How did you guys get it up? How are you maintaining it? And uh, walk us through the strategy behind uh, integrating social media into that presence.
2: We are using uh, the Public Information and Emergency Response uh, System, Peer Systems, uh, to build our website. Um, they have uh, several different clients, uh, including uh, NASA and uh, obviously the U.S. Coast Guard. So the U.S. Coast Guard was familiar with that platform from the very word get-go. And when uh, this, this situation occurred uh, back 45 days ago, um, that was the most appropriate um, platform to, to have content management and, and build the online structure. Um, but for the most part, uh, the tools that we're using are, uh, the tools that everyone else uses. Um, you know, the, the, uh, uh, you know, the Flickr page, the Facebook page, um, YouTube, you name it. It's the same thing that anyone else is using in social media. So we had to build the accounts, um, and, uh, create it the same way everyone else does so that we can get the, the information to folks in the manner that they Uh, are accustomed to receiving it. So if a person likes to get their information via Twitter, we wanted to make sure that we had that platform available to send out tweets regarding uh, updates from Deepwater Horizon response. Now,
1: what about responses? Is Deepwater Horizon responding to questions on Twitter as well?
2: Yes, we are. Um, as it, We're treating this just like you would a regular press office. When we see uh, several questions of a similar nature appearing on Twitter, we will go through the process of staffing the query to find out the answer to that question, and then we will go out and put out a tweet. Same thing with Facebook. If certain people are uh, continuing to be concerned about a particular issue, We'll find out what that given response is and get it out there uh, on Facebook. So it is it's definitely a dialogue for sure. We
1: I'm looking assume. here on the account here, uh, on the Twitter account, and it's oil underscore spill underscore 2010. And I'm right. not seeing any at replies. So are those coming from individual Twitter accounts?
2: I'm sorry, I don't understand your question. Can you repeat that?
1: Well, when I look at the Twitter account for oil underscore spill underscore 2010, mm-hmm. I see a lot mm-hmm. of information being distributed there, but uh, I don't right. see any responses to incoming questions made on this account.
2: Sure, No, that's that's okay. You can be critical of us over the last couple of days uh, because we've been a little bit in transition um, with the team. Uh, If you look back, maybe about four or five days ago, we were a little bit more robust in terms of our responses via Twitter. Um, Same goes for Facebook. Uh, We were... Uh, at one point, we had five personnel working on this. Uh, over the last couple of days, we've been down to two, um, myself and, and a colleague. And now we're uh, getting back up to five. So it's it's a fluid situation, uh, getting people trained on how to use the social media tools and how to respond and when to, what to bring to people's attention and things of that nature. But from day one, it has been about having a conversation with uh with the people who are following this response.
1: Well, obviously, this is, you know, such a a huge disaster. So many people concerned with it. How do you possibly engage hundreds of thousands of people via social media with two or even five people? I mean, I'm looking at the Facebook page, and I mean, I'm just reading a chorus of outrage here, and I right. can't even think, even with five people, how you could possibly make you know have much participation in that i mean i can see the value of establishing a forum for people to communicate amongst themselves about this disaster but as a communicator when you look at that huge breadth of content how do you decide where to engage
2: yeah eric uh, without a doubt it's a challenge and this is the first time that the federal government has tried to implement social media tools in a national crisis. Uh, This hasn't occurred before. We didn't have this during Katrina. We didn't have this during 9-11. And so there's lots of lessons learned that are coming from this, including where social media, online communications falls in the national response framework. But what I can say is as I have been monitoring Facebook and as I have been monitoring Twitter, I have been looking for trends. I have been looking for what people are most concerned about. What are they asking questions about a lot? And as I find that out, I... Again, we try to staff that that question, get a response, and then put it out on Facebook and Twitter. But Um, one of the
1: shortcomings of Facebook is measurement. It's not like Google Analytics. I mean, there's no way to get that information other than just, I guess, browsing and saying, okay, I saw eight, I see nine people talking about There's There's no, like, official measurement tool. So how do you figure that out?
2: Well, and, and that's why it's, uh, in many respects, uh, it's good old-fashioned constant vigilance. We are monitoring that site um, just about 24-7. It's, it's not 24-7, but you know, we, will, we will monitor it for about 15 to 16 hours a day. Uh, even when we go back to get some rest, I will still open the computer and I will look and see uh, where we're we're at in terms of responses. And then in the morning when we come in, we will look at the overnight conversation that has occurred. And so it is a lot of reading. It is a lot of monitoring. Um, It's very, very much tactical uh, at this point. We just don't have the tools um, to be able to detect trends automatically at this point. Uh, So... So, it's a challenge.
1: So okay, so you're there, two hundred people, different agencies, national response, global response to, ma- to uh, w- w- in many respects. Um, <laughs> like,
0: dude, dude, where's <laughs> my?
1: You're seeing this information, and I've got to think that the feedback that you're reading is valuable to people up the food, up up the the uh, chain of command as well. Oh,
2: is there a any doubt.
1: protocol okay. for for getting? the information out of Facebook and to the chain up the chain of command and if so how do you do that?
2: Sure and that's actually what I was talking about in terms of staffing that information you know again as I see trends occurring um, on on Facebook I will take those concerns and I will either request to get uh, I will alert the staff as to what those questions are and we will get a response to it um, And in other respects, uh, every day I put the trends into a report that goes up and down the chain of command. Uh, It it goes into a summary report that the leadership sees.
1: Can you describe to us what type of information is in that report and how you build a report like that? I understand the report itself may be, you know, secret, but can you tell any advice you can give to other communicators who might be in a similar situation looking to build that type of a report uh, for management?
2: Sure. I mean, really, it's as simple as detecting what people are talking about. If they are angry that berms have not been built in Louisiana, that there is some sort of delay uh, in building that, then leadership needs to know that that's what the, the buzz is on Facebook or on Twitter. That's the discussion. That's the conversation that's having. And there are multiple, multiple, um, you know, uh, um, examples uh, of that throughout this process. Uh, so it goes into the report. We let, let uh, folks know what the conversation is, um, and it is up to decision-makers then to uh, you know, take action on it.
0: The top-rated, longest-running social media communications training program comes to Los Angeles this August, 2010. Bring your laptop, log on, and learn the ins and outs of effective social media communications and search engine optimization. Reserve your space by logging on to www.NewMediaPRBootCamp.com.
1: Okay, so I'm looking at the Facebook site now, and I see that uh, there was a post made earlier today. Um, Twenty-nine comments on that. Another one earlier before that. Sixty-three comments on that. Another one before that. Uh, Two hundred and sixty-three comments. So that's just for the day. So you, right. you've got to read all those. How many people does it take to read those? To read all the comments in a day on Facebook and make that report? Is that a? Is that a one person does just that and nothing else, or how does that work?
2: Well, for, for the most part, we've had specialists uh, in Facebook throughout the, this process, and it has been one person making the report, and I as the coordinator have also jumped on there uh, to, to see the trends um, throughout the day as I can. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a uh, limited manpower job. Um, I so, could, so human could analysis. I do this with multiple people? <laughs> yes, I would love to do this with multiple people, um, you know, and a larger staff, uh, you know. But right now, it's it's just a couple folks.
1: So you've got two people, and those two people are dedicated to analyzing feedback. Yes. Yes. Or No. They're doing other the things human too. Human
2: element. The human element is very much at play.
1: And and those two people are doing other things too, or they're just they're just monitoring and and and, and analyzing. That's it.
2: No, they're they're doing other things as well. Um, we have other responsibilities in terms of uh, blog blogger engagement. Um, we also uh, you know upload photos to Flickr. We're uploading videos to YouTube, um, and uh, you know we've got the the Twitter site. We do live blogging on occasion using Cover It Live. Um, and we also are responsible for uh, updating and, and building the website at times. So, yeah, it's it's uh, a full-time job for sure. What are the priorities? The priority is to get information to the public. That is the ultimate number one priority, to use these tools to communicate with the general public what is is important or what is going on Right now, so for example, today uh, was dealing with the LMRP cap uh, that was going onto the blowout preventer and uh, getting uh, uh, you know oil to go up that riser to the uh, the enterprise drill-, drill ship. So, getting information to the public that that cap was in place and that they have begun the process of um, processing that oil. Uh, was very important. Also, getting information to the public regarding fisheries closures. Uh, Today, we went from 37% of the Gulf of Mexico being closed to fishing to 32% of the Gulf of Mexico being closed to fishing. And so that came from NOAA. So we sent that out via SMS message. So to answer your question, getting information to the public regarding what is going on um, is the most important priority. But second to that, Looking and seeing what the dialogue is between the public and uh, their government um, is also important. And so we're looking at those trends and and trying to find out, you know, where they are and what information, more information we need to provide to them.
1: But given that, uh, you know, obviously you want to do the best job you can, but... You do have limited resources, so you've got to make some judgment calls. I've got to think. Hey, you know what? Let's move this on Facebook. Let's go to Twitter. Let's go with this on the website. Let's uh, put this on. Well, I guess you know the format will tell you whether or not it's going to go on YouTube or Flickr. But I've got to think. You know, you've got to have some like priorities on which social media channels are the most important like is facebook more important i see on the website here's how they're lined up facebook first twitter second youtube third Flickr fourth um, mm-hmm. would you say that that's probably the you know, which are most important or no
2: if you're if you're talking strictly social networks then yes that's that's probably pretty accurate but i would say that uh, both well let, let me talk to you in raw numbers okay Um, We are seeing hits, uh, at least uh, through Peer's tracking system. Google Analytics gives us a little bit different number. But our website uh, is getting millions of hits a day. So it's extremely important for us to get the information up on the website as soon as possible. After that, right now, we're looking at uh, about 30,000 people on Facebook. And so we're aware that uh, we have a, a pretty large audience on Facebook who can then take that information and they can share it with their social network. So we want to get the information up on Facebook. We can also be a little bit more detailed in what we provide on Facebook. But Twitter is great because it's expeditious. We know that to the 7,000 people or so who are following us on Twitter, as soon as we get that message out, it's going to be going to you know people's mobile phones um or what have you you know whatever their uh tweet deck um, you know whatever their application of choice is to follow us on twitter so um it's not really what is more important uh per se uh it's just that we have to use all of the tools that we have available to us to get the information out as quickly as humanly possible you know sms text you got to throw that in there too
1: So talk to us, uh, can you talk to us about numbers on SMS? Like how many people have subscribed via SMS over the, you know, since the disaster?
2: Right. Actually, SMS was one of the the latecomers to this game. Um, And we just started to use that probably about a week ago. Um, And we're looking right now at, uh, what is it, about 4,000 users on SMS? My colleague is nodding her head. So, yeah, we're about up at about 4,000 and growing. Actually, everything has been growing since since the awareness has increased.
1: What about email? How many people have subscribed uh, for updates via email?
2: Um, I can tell you, subscribers to our email right now are up to about twenty six thousand.
1: Now, what about like the outrage toward BP? Are you guys dealing with that? Like, are there people from BP in the Joint Command Center?
2: Yeah, the, the responsibility of the Unified Command, and I guess just at large of the federal government, is to hold BP accountable. They are the responsible party here, and in the national response framework, they are part of it. Um, and so, yes, we are uh, working uh, uh, with BP to find out you know, information on their response to... Uh, this particular operation. And as you're, you're probably aware, Secretary Chu from the Secretary, uh, the Secretary of Energy, um, uh, NOAA, and, and others have been actively involved at the Command Center in Houston, which is away from here, at overseeing um, BP's response and making sure that uh, the steps that they are taking to stop the leak are the appropriate ones and the most, um, you know, uh, make the most sense.
0: On the Record Online is the official podcast of the Public Relations Society of America International Conference. To hear in-depth one-on-one interviews with PRSA conference keynoters, presenters, and panelists, search keyword PRSA on our show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. Join us October 16th through 19th in Washington, D.C. for the PRSA 2010 International Conference.
1: Well, interestingly enough, you know, on Facebook, as you've probably noticed, there's a lot of people posting recommendations of what to do to contain the leak.
2: Right, right. Well, again, uh, that's another responsibility that we have on social media is to direct people to the right place to go to do that. And we have, I don't want to say struggle, but we have been contending with that throughout this entire response. We have been trying to, you know, send people to our homepage, which has the official routing uh, process for, suge- for suggestions. Um, and so it's great that people have this energy and enthusiasm to offer up suggestions, but nothing actionable is going to be able to be taken from their suggestions on Facebook. They actually have to route that through the website, uh, and it goes into the queue, gets reviewed, <laughs> Um, and action is either taken on it or not
1: gosh that seems kind of unfortunate because there could be some good information in facebook but because it hasn't been parked in the designated spot right Right.
2: now i'm I'm well aware of the concept of of crowdsourcing and i think that would be a very interesting um step to take but it's not a step that they're taking in this particular response
1: so in terms of um you know sort of Anyone from the engineering side sort of watching Facebook to see if there's anything, you know, practical there, that's not
2: really going down. No. But I I would caveat this again. If we are getting a particular suggestion multiple times, uh, we are routing that suggestion uh, throughout the command. We are, you know, putting it in our report saying, hey, you know, they're talking an awful lot about super tankers you may want to look at this or consider telling us what, what you're thinking about supertankers. Got it.
1: So I saw some of those pictures uh, on Flickr of the folks mm-hmm. in the Joint Command Center. Is that the room you're in, or is that a different room?
2: Um, it, it's probably a different room. I, I think that that command center... Uh, it's either the one that I saw in Houston, where Secretary Chu—I remember those photos—and then there's also a Joint Information Center down in Houma, Louisiana, where photos were taken. So that's not here.
1: Got it. Got it. Um, and in terms of you know the the latest effort, um, is there any information or anything you can tell us about uh, you know what the next step will be to try to contain the uh, the leak? Sure.
2: I think they're they're pretty hopeful that this LMRP cap is going to contain the leak. Uh, It's got a a, uh, rubber seal on the underneath and um, what they're trying to do is they're trying to basically funnel the oil up the riser to the drill ship and minimize the amount of oil that, that would seep out from underneath the seal. They're, they also have valves that were on this LMRP cap that throughout the day-to-day, they're gradually going to close so that the most of the oil is directed up through the pipe. So we're, we have op- obviously some optimism that this is going to work but again uh, you have to um, maintain a degree of uh, skepticism after the past 45 days as to whether it will work. So obviously we're hopeful. The bottom line is that these relief wells that we've been talking about being drilled that obviously take a long time to do so and it's looking like mid-August is when the first one will be completed and intersect with the well bore. That's the only way that this this uh, uh, this leak really is going to be stopped.
1: Can you make any uh, predictions from a communicator standpoint on how lessons learned communicating this disaster uh, will impact the uh, the framework for communicating uh, these types of incidents in the future?
2: Well, I can tell you one thing for sure. Online communications is going to be a part of it. Uh, it was not necessarily a part of the national response framework to begin with. And so the lessons learned that we have from this particular um, exercise, so to speak, uh, are definitely going to be incorporated for sure.
1: It would sure be nice if, uh, you know, that, um, if, the, if the concept of monitoring and listening became you know, enterprise-wide as well. So that you know, sure. if there was, because uh, it only takes one genius, right, to come up with the solution, um, you know, so you know, whether or not five or six people come up with it doesn't necessarily invalidate that one solution.
2: Right. Well, the concept of crowdsourcing and uh, using listening programs as well, like you mentioned, and uh, which we are looking into, by the way, um, they' they're just kind of pricey for the federal government we'll, we'll just see how whether or not uh, we're able to get a contract but um, yeah listing programs uh, and crowdsourcing are I think going to be important new tools uh, in the way ahead and so you know, we'll be interested if that becomes part of this particular process If not it will certainly be a lesson learned for the next one H- Are you using
1: your open
2: I'm um, <laughs> sorry to say I've never even heard of it. It's brand new. It's
1: brand new, and I'm gr- I'm so glad I, I I I'm giving it to you because I think you're going to oh, find I it like. useful. It's a brand new search engine for searching public status updates in Facebook. Hmm. And so okay. anybody that you know has a Facebook account that is unpro- that's you know not private, you can search. So now if maybe they're talking about what's going on, but they're not talking about it on your Facebook page,
0: uh, it's it's a very interesting tool. Your um,
2: Uh, openbook.org and we'll have a link to that in the show notes of this podcast
0: fantastic
2: looking forward to to checking
1: that out hey thank you so much for your service down there and uh, here's hoping that this uh, disaster ends soon
2: my pleasure Eric thanks for having me on the show to talk about this extremely important response and you know even if we are able to cap the well we realize that there is a lot more to do there are millions of gallons of oil out there that need to be cleaned up. So uh, we're in this for the long haul.
0: You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman. The podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com on Twitter at on the record or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com.